Life Audio. have any difficult people in your life? <laughs> of course you do. It's one of, one of those rhetorical questions. It uh, doesn't require a response. Of course you do. If you are alive, if you're functioning around other people, then some of those people are difficult. That's just a part of life. We're going to have difficult people in our lives. The question is not, will we have to interact with folks who are difficult, but how do we interact with folks who are difficult? How do we deal with difficult people? Uh, I'm here to tell you there is a right way and there are wrong ways to deal with difficult people. Uh, additionally, not everyone who seems difficult is doing what they do to hurt you. Sometimes those people that we feel are difficult are trying to help us. We need to understand the difference. Beginning today, a two-week series on the podcast addressing this very important topic, of dealing with difficult people. Today, we're going to start by defining what we mean by difficult people, what that looks like, uh, getting an overview, and then next week, we'll dive into some specifics on how we, from the Bible, the Bible gives us a roadmap, how we deal with difficult people. Looking forward to that and so much more on today's episode of the March or Die show. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hello and welcome to the March or Die show today. Very glad to have you joining me. Thank you for being here. If you just heard that sound, that was me clapping. I'm just so excited to be here. Uh, I am excited about the topic today. It's not a topic that is fun, but it is one that, uh, man, we need to spend some time talking about it. We live in a difficult world with difficult people, and so much of what we walk away from, and when we talk about marching, when it would be easier to stay where we are and die, we could do so much better if we just understood how, from the Bible, to deal with difficult people. We're going to talk about that today. We'll jump into that in just a second. Before we get there, though, a couple of places I want to point you, and if you've already been to these places, I want to remind you, go back. Uh, first of all, I'll say this, if you are not yet subscribed to this podcast, subscribe. Whatever platform you are listening from, thank you for listening. Go and subscribe. Uh, there's a place there, a bell, a button, 
a place that says subscribe. <laughs> Go ahead and click that. Make sure that you know when new content comes out. Would love that. Also, if you can, leave me a, a, leave a comment, leave a rating, and that would be fantastic as well. That helps the show, of course. Go then over to YouTube, and you can find my channel. Use my name, Jeremy Stallnecker. You'll find my channel there, and uh, excited to uh, share that with you. A lot of good content. This show, of course, is there. Other content finds its way there. And all of that is intended to be a help to you. Subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a comment, share that content out. That would be awesome. And then, finally, go over to jeremystonlicker.com. I know I'm giving you a lot of instructions. You may be driving or walking or running or doing the lawn, whatever. (laughs) You're listening to this thing. You can't remember all of it. If you can only remember one thing, one place, go to jeremystonlicker.com. JeremyStonlicker.com. That is my website. It has uh, all the information you would want to know about me and more. Uh, my life, my background, the work that I'm involved in with the Mighty Oaks Foundation, the organization that I work for. Everything is there, JeremyStonlicker.com. Uh, you can also find my blog. That's where I write on so many of the topics that I talk about on this show. Other podcasts that I am involved in, not only this podcast, uh, links out to the Situation Report which is a podcast on the Salem Podcast Network. And I'd love for you to check that out. Other stuff there, social contacts as well. So a lot of good stuff. Please check that out, jeremystonlicker.com. And then finally today, um, I have talked about Life Audio and lifeaudio.com over the last several weeks. This podcast has uh, been going on for just over a year, but in the last month or so, I have been with Life Audio, been on their platform, and uh, it's fantastic. That is kind of the faith podcasting side of the Salem Media Network, and uh, man, it's so great to be there. Great shows on Salem, uh, or on uh, Life Audio, on Salem, of course. I'm over there too, but on Life Audio and lifeaudio.com. So many incredible shows there. I would encourage you to check it out. Uh, You will find something there that will be a help to you. Shows about studying the Bible, uh, daily uh, Bible verses and encouragement. Uh, Shows related to parenting and marriage and just about every issue, every um, situation you could find in life or deal with in life. There is a show there. You'll be encouraged by that. Please check that out. One of the shows I have been diving into uh, recently, and uh, man, I love it. Life After Addiction, hosts Adam Comer and Ryan Chidester. Um, it's a great show, and I'll tell you this, what I love about it is that it is thoroughly biblical. <laughs> That's what we need, thoroughly biblical. Um, they are coming from S2L Recovery, which is a Christian addiction recovery center um, in Tennessee. Uh, great work that they are doing there. This podcast is kind of an extension of that. And they deal with so many issues, again, from a biblical perspective. Right now they're in a series entitled Escaping Sinful Desires from Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 11. They're breaking those things down, each of the elements that are described in that passage. They'll spend uh, 45 minutes breaking that down applying it. And that's so important. Sometimes people talk about the Bible in terms that are interesting, but not super helpful. Um, The way they talk about the Bible, the way they explain it and connect is not only interesting, but also (laughs) super helpful, very, very practical. And uh, I love it. Went to their website, S2L Recovery. And on their website, there is a tagline. uh, I'll, I'll read it. There's freedom through Christ. There's freedom through Christ. I love that. The work that I am a part of with the Mighty Oaks Foundation, we work with veterans, active duty service members, first responders, and their family. And and so much of what we deal with is trauma, post-traumatic stress disorder, uh, other traumas and other issues that people are dealing with. And we approach that from a perspective that 
There is freedom in Christ. How do we move beyond these things? Well, through a relationship with Jesus Christ. When I hear these guys talk on life after addiction, uh, that's it. <laughs> it's all about Jesus. Go and check them out. Uh, you need to listen to the podcast. It's Life After Addiction. You can find it on Life Audio. Um, other podcasting platforms, they're on all of them. But go to Life Audio. Look for Life After Addiction. Check it out. Listen to it. Follow them. Subscribe. Follow their social media. You will be doing yourself a favor. And uh, maybe addiction is not something that you are dealing with or have dealt with. Uh, it doesn't matter. Again, approaching all of these topics, and you can see the list of topics, all of these topics from a biblical perspective. Really, really appreciate it. It's awesome. Go check it out. Life after addiction. All right, jumping into our topic today. This is the March or Die show. And when we talk about marching, moving forward, when it would be easier to stay where we are and die, this is a big topic, of course. It's one I've spent a long time talking about and will continue because there's so many aspects to it. I believe that in life, really, the big struggle is continuing to move forward. If you just want to exist, if you just want to survive, if you just want to get by, you're going to figure that out. But if you want to move forward in a meaningful way, a faith-filled, one-step-at-a-time kind of life, where you don't know exactly what's out there, there are challenges in front of you, but you know that God has a plan for your life. God created you for something big and important. You can't see the whole picture now, but you need to move into that. If you understand that, you're going to march when, at times, it would be easier to stay where you are and die, and so many different obstacles and so many difficulties will jump up in front of you. I've told the story. If you haven't heard it, go back. Uh, you can find the story in the archives of the show. I retold the story just a couple of weeks ago on the show. Um, How Do We March, I think was the title of that podcast episode where I told the story of March or Die. I wrote a book called March or Die. And uh, the, the, the principle is that in combat, and it's a combat story, it's a story from my time in Iraq, uh, in combat, uh, you need to make a decision. The bombs will be falling around you. The enemy will be attempting to engage you to take your life. And in that chaos, in the confusion, you need to march, even though the easy decision would be to just stay where you are and die. It's not a good decision, but it's a decision we can make. I'll tell you this, I've been in many firefights and engagements with a very real enemy. I've also been in many more engagements with a spiritual enemy. And, and relationally, we experience pushback and obstacles and trials and traumas in our lives. Um, the war stories are really a metaphor for life. We all understand what it is to fight, particularly if we're trying to move forward, trying to march forward. We understand what it is to fight. And when you're fighting, there's an enemy. And so often that enemy in our lives, it can be situations or circumstance. It can be bad decisions that we make. But often the enemies in our life, and I define enemy as a person or thing that prevents you from moving forward. We can find that enemy, that person or thing that prevents us from moving forward in the form of a difficult person. I asked at the top of the show, do you have any difficult people in your life? Uh, I would imagine the answer was a resounding yes, and you thought to some specific examples. <laughs> difficult people are a part of life. We know that. We know that if we try to do anything important or, or, or significant, anything more than get off our couch, we're going to encounter difficult people, people who are pushing back on our forward mo uh, momentum, people who are pushing back on our forward motion. Maybe they're close relationships. They can be kids that are sometimes difficult. Maybe it's a spouse, difficult. 
Maybe it's a coworker. Uh, maybe it's someone outside of those close circles. It's, it's someone you encounter as you try to do those things that you believe you were called to do, those things you believe are important. Difficult people. I'll tell you this, in my life, probably more than anything, more than situations or circumstance or, or, or the rest of it, it's difficult people <laughs> that put the most pressure on me personally to stop moving forward. It's criticism. It's pushback. Uh, it's a lack of support where I thought I would find support. It's people with a negative word. Difficult people. Thankfully, the Bible has a lot to say about how we deal with difficult people. This is the first episode of a two-part series of episodes on this podcast that I want to spend talking about difficult people. Today we're going to uh, think broadly about difficult people, defining what that means, what that looks like. Next week we'll talk about specifically what are some of the specific steps outlined in Scripture for addressing difficult people in our lives. Now, before we get into all of this, though, I want to read two passages of Scripture. If you're in a position where you can write something down, write down the references. I'm going to read these. You're going to want to go back and read them. Uh, if you can't write it down, that's okay. You can always come back and re-listen to it. I'll address these again even next week. But the two passages I'd like to look at are found in, first of all, Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. You may be familiar with those verses. Philippians 2, 3 through 11. And then Ephesians 4, 17 and 4, 26. Uh, through the end of the chapter 32. So I'm going to read these and uh, listen along with me. The Bible talks a lot about how we should act around other people. Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse number 3. I'll read these verses. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Uh, there are some great things that we are we are going to see here that are illuminated for us um, We'll come back to them, but man, just think about that as an opening. The Apostle Paul is writing to a church. <laughs> These are church people. So this is in the context of the church. I think I just said that three times. Uh, why? Because this isn't the craziness of the world going on out there. This is the craziness of the world going on in here. <laughs> These are church people. And he says, don't do anything through strife or vainglory. It shouldn't be about pride or just a, an unwavering desire to have strife, right? You know people like that. Uh, they love drama. They love strife. They love it. Um, don't do anything for those reasons. Strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, that's humility, let each esteem other better than themselves. I'll continue reading verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but, what, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross." Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. I read that whole passage, we'll come back to it next week, uh, but this is what I want you to get from it. Here, the Apostle Paul says, there is a right way to interact with the people around you. And the right way is to follow the example of Jesus. He then explains who Jesus is. He's God. He's God who humbled himself. 
He did what he had to. He died on the cross and he will be exalted. That the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We are following an example of God in how we interact with others. That's the example. I love that. We're going to come back to that. That right there can change your home, how you interact with your spouse, how you interact with your children, how you interact with coworkers. Do it the way Jesus would do it. And you say, well, uh, Jesus doesn't know these people. Jesus is God. (laughs) At some point, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. And yet he humbled himself and served others. Do that. We could go back to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, I'm going to read first of all verse 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. So again, he's addressing Christian people in the context of the church. He says don't live like everybody else. Don't live like those who don't have a relationship with Jesus. And how often do we live like people who don't have a relationship with Jesus? He's saying your response to other people, should be different. In verse number 26 of Ephesians 4, he goes on, Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Neither give place to the devil. Let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you you some incredible incredible insight that ends with be kind and forgiving there is a right way to deal with the people around you the model is jesus christ and as a christian how you deal with those around you should be different i want to give you uh, seven thoughts quickly before this podcast is over that will prepare us for next week's podcast. Seven thoughts about dealing with difficult people when we return. All right, a couple of thoughts on dealing with difficult people. Uh, Again, setting the stage for next week. Practically, here are the steps. Here are some things that you can do. But I want to give you seven things. And seven is the number of perfection. I didn't pick it for that reason, although if I had thought about it sooner, maybe I would have told you that I did. Uh, That wasn't the reason, though. Uh, Just seven thoughts. I came up with seven, then I stopped. So seven things that you need to understand uh, when dealing with difficult people. Number one. Here it is, not deep. We all deal with difficult people. We all deal with difficult people. This is the temptation anytime something difficult comes into our lives. I I say this often. Maybe it's a trauma. Maybe it's a difficulty, an obstacle. um, Something crazy happens in your life. You're dealing with something. You're dealing with something, and it's real, and it is. Our, Our natural proclivity, our natural response oftentimes is to conclude that what we're dealing with become very internal. We get very internal, very in our minds and in our hearts and in our thoughts. Uh, we conclude that we are the only ones who have ever dealt with this. We're the only ones. 
you have to remember that you're not the only one who ever has or ever will deal with fill in the blank. We all deal with difficult people. Um, when I was going to the early infantry schools that I was a part of uh, before I was commissioned in the Marine Corps, um, one of the, the, the basic principles of, of, of tactical engagement, you're dealing with an enemy, you're, you're engaging an enemy. This is on the ground. Uh, this is what's happening right now in front of you. One thing you have to remember is that the enemy is dealing with many of the same pressures you are dealing with. You see, we can become, in the midst of battle, in the midst of the fight, we can become overwhelmed with what we're dealing with and forget that the enemy on the other side is dealing with many of the same pressures. Uh, the, the fear, the anxiety, the fast process of decision-making, the weather, if weather is a factor, all of these things that you're dealing with, the enemy is also dealing with. We can use that knowledge to our advantage, but beyond that, we can find hope in that it's the person who deals the best with these circumstances that will come out on top. You are not the only person dealing with it. You're not the only person who has ever dealt with it. We all deal with difficult people. Do you have difficult people in your life? <laughs> the answer is yes. Then I would say, good, that means you're human. We all deal with difficult people. Number two, contradicting, contrary to what I just said. If you don't have difficult people in your life, there's a reason for that. You are probably the difficult person. So if you look around and you say, no, everything's perfect. There's no, no friction in my life. Um, there are no difficult people in my life. You might be the difficult person. Maybe it's time to look internal. That's for you. Number three, <clears throat> this is so important. Understand that not all difficult people are bad people or are people who want to hurt you. You've got to understand this. I'm going to end this, number seven, with grace. <laughs> number three is, is realizing not all difficult people are bad people or people who want to hurt you. One of the, the big risks, if we're not careful in a combat environment, in a real-life combat environment with real-life bullets, is getting disoriented, becoming disoriented on, on the battlefield, the space of engagement, and engaging what we think is an enemy and finding out later that wasn't an enemy. Uh, we call this blue-on-blue -blue engagement. This is the good guys shooting the, the good guys. Uh, this happens a lot. Um, confusion, chaos, what we might call the fog of war, there are a lot of contributors to that. But if we're not careful, we can identify a friendly as the enemy. You know that happens in our lives, too? We're doing something, someone says something to us, pushes back on us in a way that we don't like, maybe they're doing it for our own good. Maybe they see something that we don't see. Maybe they're trying to protect us or raise uh, an issue that we may miss. They're trying to keep us safe, but because it runs contrary to what we want to do or the progress that we felt like we were making, we identify that person as difficult. They're trying to hurt me. They're trying to stop me. They're trying to prevent me from doing what I believe I should do. Maybe they're seeing something that you're not seeing. Maybe they're aware of something that you're not aware of. Not all difficult, in air quotes, people are trying to hurt you. Some of them are actually trying to help you. And if you're not careful, you can deal with them as a difficult person instead of as a friend or as an ally, Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend. 
Faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you have a friend that cares enough about you, with your best interest in mind, I'm not talking about someone who's trying to hurt you or undercut you, but if you have a friend in your life that is willing to tell you the hard things in a direct way because they care about you, you need to hug them, put your arms around them, thank God for them, and not put them in the category of a difficult person trying to prevent you from moving forward. Not all difficult people are bad people or people who want to hurt you. Next, number four. This is great. There is opportunity when dealing with difficult people. There is an opportunity that you have when dealing with difficult people. You can see difficult people as merely something to be dealt with or as an opportunity to be engaged with. Remember our passages, Paul, the apostle, speaking to the church at Philippi, is saying, hey, uh, in the church, do things like Jesus. When he's writing in Ephesians to the church at Ephesus, he says, hey, in the context of the church, do things different, not like everyone else. You have an opportunity when difficult people come into your life to deal with them in a way that directly runs contrary. It contrasts how other people are dealing with the difficult people in their lives. We are in such a crazy moment in history where it seems like everyone is angry, everyone is upset, Everyone is put into a category of difficult person. It just it's, it's a matter of which side you're on. And yelling and screaming and fighting, that's the modus operandi. That's how people are operating. You have an opportunity, not only to help the person that is a difficult person if they're willing to be helped, but to provide an example for people outside of your situation of how they can with grace and in a a biblically consistent way deal with difficult people in their lives. Um, if you don't think about the people in your life, you need to. If you have children in your life, how you deal with the difficult people in your life provides an example of how they should deal with the difficult people in their lives. You have an opportunity. Number five, realize when dealing, dealing with difficult people that there is a right way. There is a right biblical way. You will deal with difficult people. You're not going to get away from that. What you need to understand, though, is that there is a right way to deal with difficult people. There is a biblical way to deal with difficult people. If you don't know that or believe that, then you will probably do the wrong thing. <laughs> You'll respond out of emotion, out of hurt, out of insecurity, out of fear, whatever. You'll respond but you will not respond in a way that one reflects Jesus reflects the Bible and is overall helpful. Uh, I've seen a lot of people deal with difficult people in ways that are manipulative, that are hurtful, that cause more harm than good. You have to know there is a right way. And in knowing there's a right way, what that causes you to do is stop long enough to figure out what that right way is. What does the Bible say about what I'm dealing with? What does the Bible say about how we can deal with difficult people? How do we address this? We're going to talk about that specifically next week. But you've got to be committed in all areas of your life, and definitely when dealing with difficult people, be committed to 
dealing with that, addressing that the way the Bible would tell you to. There is a right way. There's a biblical way. The question is, what is that? But that's the question. Number six. This is important too. This is so important. I want you to take pressure off yourself. Here's how you're going to do it. Number six. (laughs) Realize you will not always get the result that you want. You will not always get the result that you want. The result that you want is probably that the person who is difficult will see things your way, will respond well to you. They're going to see it the right way. They're going to get it. Or they're going to go away. (laughs) But peace will be restored in your life. The difficulty will leave. You have to know that A you may not get the result that you want. And B, you're not a failure if you don't get the result that you want. Here's the goal. Your focus in dealing with difficult people is doing so in a way that glorifies God. This is so important. Your focus when dealing with difficult people is doing so in a way that glorifies God. That's it. Remember? There's a right way. There's a biblical way to deal with difficult people. Okay, well, my goal should be then to deal with the difficult people in my life in a way that glorifies God. If you've gotten to the other side of a situation that was uncomfortable, difficult, hurtful, whatever, and you can say, look, I did not get the result that I wanted I didn't restore the relationship. I didn't fix this friendship. They don't see it the way that I see it. Uh, They left or they're still around. (laughs) I didn't get the result that I wanted. But I did what I believed was right before God. That's what you are responsible for doing. That's it. Understanding that should take a lot of pressure off of you. And this principle applies in every area of life, not just when dealing with difficult people. Your goal should always be to do what God wants you to do, to bring Him honor and glory. That's it. If you do that, the rest of it, it just doesn't matter that much. You've succeeded. Finally, number seven. What we perceive as difficult may simply be the outward revelation of hurt. What we perceive as difficult may simply be the outward revelation of hurt. Always default to grace. Here's what we do. When someone is unkind to us, someone pushes back on us, someone could fall into the category because of their behavior, their words, uh, they fall into that category of a difficult person. We put them in that category. They're a difficult person. Your context, your situation, for whatever reason, that person has become difficult. You can look at them that way, and you may. What we do most of the time is we define our environment by how we feel about things. So based on their behavior, based on their words, you call them difficult. They're trying to hurt you. Maybe what's actually going on is they are hurting you. They are difficult, but it's because of what's going on inside of them. How they're acting, what they're saying, 
It's simply a revelation of what's going on in their heart, of inward hurt. People are hurting. And they shouldn't take it out on you. That's not an excuse. They shouldn't act badly. That's not an excuse. There is no excuse for bad behavior. I say this all the time. (laughs) But there are sometimes reasons for bad behavior. And if your default setting is always grace, then maybe before confrontation, it's a question, what's going on? Are you okay? Is something happening in your heart? Is something happening in your life? Is there something going on that I can help you with? What you're saying, what you're doing, that's not you. What's going on? Always default to grace. What is grace? It's unmerited favor. It's what we all want from other people, what we as Christians uh, enjoy and appreciate from God. Grace, unmerited favor. Always default to grace. Because what may be perceived as difficult may simply be an outward revelation of inward hurt. These are some thoughts. We all will deal with difficult people. You can't get away from it. Not all difficult people want to hurt you. They're not all bad people, difficult people. In fact, sometimes difficult, again in air quotes, people are friends who are trying to help us. There's an opportunity when dealing with difficult people. There's a right way to deal with difficult people. We won't always get what we want. Our goal should always be to glorify God. And sometimes what we perceive as difficult may simply be inward hurt. Next week, we're going to talk about some practical steps and Uh, I hope you'll listen next week. I hope these are episodes that you'll share out with others because this is a life situation. This is something we all go through and there's a right way to deal with it, but there's hope in it. I want to bring all this back to march or die. (laughs) Because if you avoid dealing with difficult people or if you deal with difficult people in a hurtful way, a harsh way, an unkind way, you are going to lack the ability to march through the obstacle, through the difficulty, through the trial. You'll lack the ability to march. And eventually, you're going to have to stay where you are. Kick it into neutral and just accept your situation as it is to die. When we talk about marching, when I talk about marching, I acknowledge that there are so many different situations and difficulties out there that can prevent us from moving forward. And one of the biggest are the people that come in and out of our lives. So when you're confronted with difficult people, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Will you march? Dealing with difficult people in the right way, a biblical way, a way that honors and glorifies God, defaulting to grace. Will you march? Or will you say, you know what, it's just too hard. I'm going to stay where I am. I'll continue breathing, continue working, continue moving around. I'll smile when people look my direction. But on the inside, I will know I am emotionally and spiritually and relationally dead. Will you march or will you die? This is an opportunity in real time, dealing with real people, to decide. And I would encourage you, as I do every single week, decide to march. There's nothing better you can do. Appreciate you listening. Next week, we will finish this up with part two. While you're at it, between now and next week, uh, maybe you're listening on Life Audio. If you're not, go check out Life Audio. Some great episodes there. And uh, again, uh, I'd really encourage you, go check out Life After Addiction. They do such a great job. You won't be 
disappointed. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will talk to you next time. Hello, my name is Adam Comer. And I'm Ryan Chittister. And we're the host of Life After Addiction Podcast. If you or someone you love struggles with addiction, check us out, Life After Addiction Podcast, and you can subscribe at lifeaudio.com.